wrote his epistle to the, I'm hoping I'm on, now I'm on. <laughs> that was a little quick introduction without an introduction. Anyway, when he, he wrote his epistle to the Corinthians, the first epistle to the Corinthians, they were a young church, and, and you know, he wrote some beautiful things. First uh, Corinthians, uh, uh, you know, 13 on the love chapter, and uh, 15 of the resurrection chapter. But there was a situation that came up, and we understood from his writing that he needed to take care of this because it was causing a moral problem inside of the congregation. And it's interesting in 1 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, 18 and 19, and then again, 1 Corinthians 5, verse 2, he uses the word, you are puffed up. You are arrogant. You are, you know, got a lot of error. <laughs> and so consequently, he had to correct them because it was a very grievous problem. And they were allowing it to happen in their congregation. They were allowing it to go on. They were, um, you know, it was a, a situation, you all know all about that, so I'm not going to go into that. And... <clears throat> But it seems like he, he did this on the, on the days of unleavened bread because he used the example of unleavened bread to bring out something very, very important. And we have it down to this day. We have an example of him correcting the church, but also <laughs> glorifying Christ in the same, almost in the same breath and, and giving them uh, a tremendous amount of information about the days of unleavened bread, how it's tied in, and all of that. In, the, in that fifth chapter, in verse 6, it says, Your glorying is not good. Know you not that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? In, in, in that, he's saying, a little bit of that sin can you know, completely pervert the whole congregation. A little leaven, it doesn't take much. Put it inside of that lump and it begins to grow and grow and grow. You know, I, I, the, uh, Ian's really good about uh, all these props, you know. He's always bringing something out here. He's wanted, he keeps looking at things on the wall and he wants to take it and, and use it. So I, I have to bring a prop, you know. So what do I do? I, I, I wanted to bring some leavened bread. I wanted to show you the difference between, you know, leavened bread and... Well, you know, I, I figured that's probably not a very good thing to do, <laughs> especially on the days of unleavened bread. Well, I, I, I got to thinking, you know, there was a guy that uh, kept throwing bread out at us at the Feast of Tabernacles. If I can get it out of my pocket, I'll, I'll show it to you. You know, I, I keep these things in my pocket. I, <laughs> anyway, here's, here's my leavened bread. <laughs> See, squishy, yeah, it's puffed up. It's, uh, it's arrogant, I think. Arrogant, yeah. Your glory is not good. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. Boy, look how, look how much that thing is leavened. If you, we've all eaten back there. I was going to bring some unleavened bread with me because it was flat. Uh, you know how it is. And the only... <laughs> Miriam just makes all of this leavened bread. And she just keeps making She thinks all the kids are still there. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I'm glad that uh, she does. It's, it's very good. So anyway, 
He, he brings this lesson during the days of unleavened bread. It's a tremendous lesson for, for all of us to take this in. A little leaven, a little leaven, leavens the whole lump. <clears throat> purge out, he says, therefore the old leaven, purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump. And I got to thinking about that. This is, this is very interesting. How many of us take part of that old lump every year with us? Instead of getting rid of all of it, we, we, we save a little bit of that lump from year to year and we never get rid of it. He's saying, purge out that old leaven. If you're carrying a lump of sin from year to year to year, this is the time to get rid of that old lump, isn't it? To purge it out, get rid of it, throw it away. Don't take it into next year and the year after and the year after. As you know, <laughs> you look at yourself and oh, this thing, it just keeps following me and I have the same problem year after year. And Paul is saying, get rid of it, purge it out, get rid of it. Don't take it with you from year to year. And here's another thing that's very interesting. As you are unleavened, as you are unleavened, imagine, He's telling them, okay, you went in and you did all of the physical work, got rid of the leavening out of your house. For them, it might have been pretty easy. They, they had the starter and they just throw, threw that out. For us, it means going and finding all of the things that, that, that make unleavened bread, or make leavened bread, and getting rid of it. Uh, sometimes that's kind of a chore. Cleaning out cars. Maybe they had carts that they had to clean out. I don't know. But. <laughs> Cars are not easy to clean out. They always have some crevice somewhere with sin. I mean, eleven hides. And then he says, and he ties, which is very interesting, he ties the Passover into the days of unleavened bread. He ties Christ into the days of unleavened bread. He says, for even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. The sacrifice of Jesus Christ is a part of these days. So, I, I, I've always thought, seven, perfection, seven. We take it in for seven days. We eat. Uh, my, my wife gets after me because I've notoriously used the words leavened bread every time. Unleavened bread. <laughs> I'm making sure that I say it. We eat unleavened bread for seven days. So if Christ is our Passover, we're taking this in, it's connected, what are we doing? We are taking Christ in on a seven-day period. Shouldn't we take that for the rest of our life? Shouldn't we consider that on a daily basis for the rest of our life? Taking that in for the rest of our life. And um, a daily basis, seven days, completion, Unleavened, no lumps. Don't take any lumps with you. Leave them behind. Repent. Give them up. He says, "Therefore, let us keep the feast." Isn't that interesting? Some want to deny the feast these days. They want to deny that they're not carried over. And yet, Paul here in a Corinthian church, many years later, says, "Therefore, let us keep the feast." He's telling them it is they need to be keeping this feast. Not with the old leaven, not with that old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness. Malice and wickedness. That's the world we live in. 
filled with all kinds of sin and things. I don't know how many... Um, bread is a, is a perfect thing for this time to, to help us to understand it. <laughs> uh, we were talking about it earlier. You can't go into the store without seeing leavened products. Cookies on shelves. Donuts in the bakery. Bread. Oh, all of that stuff. Seven days. If you go into a store, what do we see? Leaven everywhere. Leaven everywhere. Leaven everywhere. What do we see in the world? Sin everywhere. Sin everywhere. Sin everywhere. These days are perfect for helping us to understand the world we live in. If we will truly understand them in a, more, in a deeper, more um, spiritual way, the malice and wickedness of the leavening, Jesus told them that the, the, the Pharisees, they had leavening. They were hypocrites. They were doing things that, you know, were not biblical. And so Christ got after them, and he says, Beware of the leavening of the Pharisees. But, but, here's what, interesting, Paul always likes these contrasts. Sometimes they're negative at the end, but this one is negative at the beginning, wicked and malice. At the end, he says, but with the unleavened, and the bread's in italics, but it's, it's understood, the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. What was Jesus he was perfect. He walked this earth. He was, he was righteous in every way because he died for us. He was our Passover sacrifice. So we see that, and that's the, what we emulate in our, in our life. He was the perfect bread that came down from heaven, as we, as we read earlier. Uh, maybe it was read on the, uh, on the Passover. Uh, I always like to read little parts of John, the sixth chapter, because I understand that he is that bread. Corinthians were to keep the feast just as we are to keep the feast. Paul was encouraging to observe the feast, to put out whatever sin was in there. They, they had to put that man out. They had to put him out. Paul said, put him out. You know, that that, that flesh might be uh, ruined, that the spirit might, you know, he might come to his own senses again, and he might repent, and he might come back. And I think he did. I think that's what I've understood. So on a spiritual level, is there an old lump of leaven inside of us that we could purge out and not carry past these days? Think about that and put that old leaven out. Put on that unleavened, our Passover, Jesus Christ.